Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. Hey all, before we get started, I have two announcements for you. First, don't forget to sign up for the free Speaking Up in Meetings Masterclass. For anyone who has ever struggled with speaking up or who has just wanted to have a stronger presence in meetings or in conversations, this class will help. We will be talking about how to speak up, how to form opinions, even when you're not sure what to say other roles that you can take in meetings to help you have a strong presence and be heard even when you're not coming with a specific uh, piece of information to share. We'll also talk about strategies for how you can change and adapt your style in the virtual setting because there are some differences that uh, we'll want to take into account in our communication that can really help set us up to be speaking up more, feeling good about it, and having confidence as we go. Go ahead and register for that masterclass if you haven't already. The link to register is in the show notes, so you'll find it there. And this class is taking place quite soon. It'll be October 29th, 2021, 9 a.m. Pacific Daylight. If you're listening to this after that fact, you can still access the replay for this call. So if you use that same registration link in the show notes, you'll be able to then uh, get the replay. This Speaking Up in Meetings class, after it concludes, I will then be sharing information about my upcoming group coaching program. And this brings us to that second announcement, and I am so excited to share this with you. In January, I am starting my group coaching program all about soul-filled self-confidence. This program is designed to help people access their self-confidence. And this isn't about faking self-confidence. It's about truly feeling and embodying our self-confidence that comes from the soul. You will learn how to tap into that. You will learn how to access that intuition, how to build trust with yourself, how to stop comparing to others, ways in which to check in with you when you're making decisions so that they're coming from a place that's aligned with your soul and not from a fear-based response. You'll learn ways in which to trust others and have difficult conversations and form opinions. You'll learn how to trust in the universe at large to be there to support you and use that energy to help you get the results you're wanting in your career, in your work, in your life. This program is one month long and every week you will get a group coaching call where you can come with specific questions about your own self-confidence, about situations you've been in, and you can get coached. It will also include actionable videos every week so that you can be diving into different aspects of your own self-confidence and applying the content to your own life. The reason that those are included is because this way 
you'll be learning how to apply the content every day so that it's not by the end of the month, oh, now I know how to be self-confident. It's that actually every day of the program, you are doing something to access your self-confidence within so that you're already tapping into it every day of the program. Here's the thing. In January is when this program starts. And once I officially launch it, it will be $400. But because right now we are in the pre-launch phase, I have a special offer for you. If you've been listening to what I've shared and it's resonating and you already know that you're in, then send me an email at lisa at beliefseed.com to let me know and you will get $100 off the program. So it'll only be $300 for you. And you will also get a one-on-one private coaching session with me. And I'll give you access to a five-day confidence training that uh, will help you with your confidence over the holidays so that you can be getting a jumpstart on your confidence even before the actual official coaching program begins in January. So if you want to take advantage of this pre-launch offer where you get $100 off and that coaching session and that five-day training, send me an email at lisa at beliefseed.com by November 1st and we can get started. Now, if it's already past November 1st and you're just hearing this, here's what I can do for you. Sign up by November 5th And you'll still get the $100 off and you'll still get the five-day training. You won't get the private coaching call. That's only for those who sign up by November 1st. But you'll still get that other bonus and that amazing special price. So still sign up by November 5th if you can't make it by November 1st. All right, let's dive into our episode now. So what I want to do in this episode is I want us to dive into specific fears as it relates to speaking and to help this come to life. I'm going to talk about it in the context of a meeting. Now, for you, that might look like a team meeting at work or a project meeting. If that doesn't fit, you could think about this in terms of a phone call conversation that you might have with your clients or with your colleagues. It might be uh, a team event or something in that way as well. So make it fit your specific context, uh, but know that this episode is going to help you understand those fears. And this is important because when we understand the fear, It gives us a sense of awareness, and through the awareness, we can then make change. And if there is only one thing for you to leave with in this episode, let it be that fear can mean move forward. It doesn't have to mean stay stuck. And I think a lot of times when we notice our fears, we actually are afraid of that fear. And the fear starts to mean stop or run away or something's wrong with me. And in this episode, I'd love for you to see the different ways that fear shows up because when we get clearer, it's less unknown. And when it's less unknown, then we can get to know it and realize why it's there, how it might even be trying to help us. And that it can mean move forward. It doesn't have to mean stay still. So that is what we're covering in today's episode. Before we do that, we are going to dive into our work 
win. In this work win, I was working with a client and we were talking about the services that she offers. So she is an entrepreneur who does some healing work. She was talking about how exhausted she gets after working with clients and how she felt like she was owning their change, how she was the one creating their transformation and how she didn't know if she could really sustain that. It was draining to her and to her own energy. And she was afraid and concerned that it wasn't something that was going to be feasible to continue doing in that same way. And it wasn't really setting her clients up well because she felt like she was creating the change, not them. But through coaching together, what she saw was her part in that relationship with that those clients and their part. And for you all listening, whether you're an entrepreneur or you are working in the career setting, we often confuse what's our part of our role versus somebody else's. We take it too far. We start to think we are responsible for the growth of another, for the well-being of somebody else. And here's what I'm wanting to share with you. We are meant to own our part, which is how we think how we feel, what we do, and the energy that we bring to our actions and that we give out to the world. That's what we control. That's our part to own. We don't own what the other person does or doesn't do or how they choose to receive our energy, whether they choose to make it work for them or against them, whether they choose to agree with what we say or don't say or to actually do the things we advise them to do. So what this client realized was she needed to let go of trying to make something happen for her clients And instead, focus on her part. What can she do to help them? Instead of focusing on trying to create the result for them, how can she do her part so they can more easily show up to do their part? What this did was it made it so she no longer saw her clients as almost like the recipient of her services at the effect of her services. No, they were interacting with her in a massive part of their own transformation. She gave her clients their power back, which also made it so she gave herself her power back because now she no longer had to feel like her energy was being drained from her because she was focused on her and her part and what she could do so they could focus on their part. This is a massive win because one, it cleaned up her own energy around what was going on. And two, she got to see and trust that her clients are doing their work for themselves. So massive win. Congratulations to my client. And I'm so excited to see how this continues to help in the business. Now, the next thing is we're going to dive in to those fears that make us avoid speaking up in meetings. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the five fears with you. And I'm going to share what the result tends to be when we are in that fear, when I go through each one. And you'll be getting advice on what to do when you're in each situation. All right, so the first fear. The first fear that stops us from speaking up 
in meetings is the fear of scrutiny. We are afraid we'll be highly criticized and we'll have to heavily defend our thoughts and it makes it seem like it's not even worth it to share. So what's the result? Well, we don't share. And what does that make? What's the impact of that? Well, we don't honor our own perspective. We're so focused on them criticizing us that we don't realize that we're not honoring our own ability to provide value. We devalue ourselves and we also are devaluing the team's ability to hear us. What do I mean by that? Well, if we are so afraid of scrutiny from our team, what that demonstrates is us not trusting our team to receive our message. And I get that you might have been in situations where your team did not receive your message well, where the person you're talking with laughed in your face or told you why your idea was not a good idea. And so you might even have a track record of information to go off of telling you why you should be afraid of being criticized because you've been criticized in the past. But let me tell you this, when you fear you'll be criticized and you still share information from that place, what you end up doing is coming from an energy of being criticized. You are more likely to get that because the way you talk when you're afraid that you're going to be criticized is you overcompensate potentially or you hold back. And I know that it seems like two opposite behaviors. How could that be? Well, it's because we respond to our fears in different ways, that fight-flight reaction. Some of us will fight. And so that's the overcompensating type of mode where you'll over-explain, you'll over-justify, and that can come across as an insecurity. And that is because you are insecure in the sense that you're afraid that you'll be scrutinized. Or it might come to be where you hold back. That's kind of that flight or the flee mentality where you don't want to share because you don't want to go down the road of being criticized again, so you hold back. What happens is you end up being a critic to your own ability to be you. You stop yourself from getting to share. We don't want to stop ourselves from sharing, though, because our company and ourselves and our team benefit from us speaking up and sharing our opinion. Our perspective is unique. No one shares the same perspective as you because no one has the same background as you. So whether your perspective is coming from highly educated, lots of experience in that role or about that topic, or from no experience, lacking time on the job, both of those have a hidden beauty to them a hidden point of value and unique perspective they can offer. Your opinion matters. And the question here is, how can you create the courage to say something even when you know you could be criticized? Because I don't want you to pretend, oh, I'm, I just won't get criticized. Don't, don't try to talk your way out of that and think, oh, well, maybe it won't happen. Maybe everything will be fine. Because you can't logic your way out of a fear often because the fear isn't coming from the rational mind. It's coming from that unconscious, that deeper aspect of you. So logic doesn't really matter to the fear. (laughs) So what we need to do is honor that we're afraid, see that we're afraid, that we don't want to be scrutinized. Show ourselves from compassion and let ourselves know, even if that happens, we will be there for us. 
to have the courage to voice our opinion because it matters. For us, it matters. To be heard matters. Now let's go to the second fear. This is the fear of embarrassment. We fear we'll make a fool of ourselves by sharing an idea that others may see as stupid. The result of this fear, well, we lose out on sharing and the company loses out on a potentially great idea that could have furthered the brainstorm, that could have really supported the client, that could have made a massive impact to the end results. So there's a sense of internal embarrassment here. When you're embarrassed to share because you don't want to make a fool of yourself, well, you might end up making a fool of yourself by being the one who never shares. I remember when uh, a boss of mine told me that they wanted to hear more from me. Well, I was afraid to share because I was embarrassed that I would have no idea what I was saying, that it would be seen as stupid and that maybe the idea actually was stupid. But guess what? Sometimes ideas deemed as stupid are the ones that help us see things in a different way. That stupid idea could lead to the brilliant idea that the team, the organization decides to move forward with. The willingness to let yourself be vulnerable and embarrassed opens up the path towards an even greater potential idea to come forth. Think about it like sweeping. If you're going to sweep your floor, you got to get rid of some of the cobwebs. You can't just like make it dazzle without removing some of the cobwebs. You need to get rid of some of the stuff on the top. That's what maybe some of these ideas are that seem silly. Maybe let it be okay that your idea might be silly because having a foolish or what someone might say is a stupid idea is like dusting off the cobwebs to the discussion. It's just the beginning. It's the opening point. And It allows everyone to know this is a space where we can share ideas that maybe we're not really sure on, but could help support the discussion. So if a fear of embarrassment is stopping you from moving forward, please know that the embarrassment is something that doesn't have to mean stop. We think if we share, it's going to derail our career. And so we don't want to share because we don't want people to see us as, as silly or stupid or uneducated or like we don't know what's going on. But by not speaking up, you might actually come across as uneducated or silly or like you don't know what's going on. So you might be creating the result you're trying to avoid by not speaking. So your embarrassment and not moving forward while embarrassed doesn't prevent you from having the same potential negative impact. So if either way, Somebody might think you're being silly. You might as well share the thing that actually could benefit you and the team. Let yourself let it be okay to be embarrassed. Don't let embarrassment mean that you shouldn't speak. Really lean into that fear and ask yourself, okay, what is the merit of what I have to share? If I know that I'm not sure of this idea, is there a way it could still benefit the team? Is there a way it might help somebody out? Is there a way that this could still be useful? And as you hear yourself respond, lean into it and let yourself speak. 
Now, I want to add a caveat here because there might be certain settings when this isn't appropriate for the dynamics of the room, where the meeting culture isn't supportive, where it's not the time and place to share. And that's something that we can work on together in a coaching capacity to help you differentiate when to lean in and when to uh, save it for another time and place that will better support your desire and your idea. So that is something we can coach on. Now, the next fear, this is the fear of rejection. And what this is, is we fear they'll stop wanting to hear from us if we say something that seems off base. So this is different than the other fears. It has some of a similar type of behavior. So you might notice some of the behaviors seem the same with these fears, but we could do the same behaviors coming from a different fear. And that's why knowing the fear itself is so important because when we know the fear, we can address the fear. We don't want to just address it at the behavioral level because changing the behavior doesn't change in a long term, where you're at if you're not also doing the self-inner work to go along with it. The change of behavior can be a catalyst to help with that, but it can't be done in isolation. We want to see and release the inner fear and tension inside, and we want to know what it is. So if it is a fear of rejection, so we don't speak up, we avoid speaking up, what is the result we get? We reject ourselves because we're stopping ourselves from being heard. You're still getting rejected. And and I really want that to sink in. When you let a fear of being rejected by your team or by significant others or by people you just met even, when you let a fear of rejection stop you from sharing what you want to share, what you believe will bring value, you reject yourself because you stop yourself from being hurt. So you're not avoiding anything. You're still getting the same negative outcome, rejection. It's just now it's coming from you to yourself as opposed to from somebody else. We do this because it can seem safer to reject ourselves than to have someone else reject us because we can control whether we reject ourselves or not, but we can't control whether someone else rejects us. So we we play it safe by keeping ourselves small because we think then they'll be less likely to reject us, but instead we reject ourselves. And the funny thing about this is those people still might reject us. They might reject us because we're not speaking up, because we're not sharing information, because we don't ever seem to have an opinion. So what's the point in going to that person in the first place? So you really won't avoid the thing that you think you're avoiding by staying quiet. The other result we get from this when we're letting a fear of rejection stop us from speaking up is we're rejecting the team, the people in that meeting, because we're not trusting that they'll consider our opinion. Because if we're not sharing it because we're afraid they'll reject us, what do we do is we're ahead of time rejecting them, rejecting their ability to take in our message. We're wanting them to want our message, but at the same time, we're not willing to take the step to share it. We're rejecting them because of our fear that they'll reject us. We become the rejectors then of them and ourselves. So let's give people a chance 
to accept us. Let's give people a chance to invite us into the dialogue. Let's give ourselves a chance to invite ourselves into the conversation by not letting our fear of being rejected mean we stay silent. Let it mean, okay, I can do one of two things. I can speak up and potentially risk that they'll reject me, but me be there for myself, or I can stay quiet, reject myself, and still potentially have them reject me. So in that case, you might as well talk. You might as well share. Next, fear. The fourth fear is a fear of failure. I hear this a lot with my clients and what this is when it comes to speaking up is it's fearing that our idea may not work and that we'll be seen as a failure because of it. What's the result? We fail ahead of time by failing to contribute to the team discussion or to give our idea a chance to work. Our idea doesn't fail because we shared it and it was a bad idea in this case. Our idea fails because it never got off the ground. It was never even voiced. So when a fear of failure stops you from moving forward, you're still failing. Fear of failure that stops you from speaking up leads to failure because of not speaking up. Failing still occurs. And so if failing is going to happen either way, speak up, contribute to the team. Because even if you do and it fails, At least now you have clarity that that way didn't work. At least now your team knows that you're willing to be vulnerable and share and be a part of the discussion and learn from those mistakes. If your idea fails, that's your opportunity to say, hey team, here's what did not work. Here's why and here's how I will change my approach and do things different next time to get better results. This failure taught us X, Y, and Z. Now all of us together can learn from this and not have to deal with that again. And we have more clarity on where to head because of what we now know won't work. So even a failure of an idea that you express can be a win because of the lessons gained and the learnings that come from it. What does this mean? This means that a failed idea from what you're sharing can actually become a success because of what the learnings and lessons it can bring about become. And a fear of failure that stops us from speaking automatically becomes a failure because we're not sharing. This leads us to just know the way forward is to let it be okay to fail because failing forward by sharing, even though it might not work, lets us move forward. Because you can't know if something's going to work until you try it. You can do all the research in the world, gain all the information in the world, do all the prep in the world, but it won't make a difference if you never try it out to actually see. It's like when somebody says something and it sounds nice in theory, but then you need the boots on the ground to actually see, is this idea going to work? Is this actually how people will respond to it? Is this actually going to be what makes a change? You've done the thought process. Now it's time to implement. And the first step is to actually speak up and share. The last fear I want to talk about. This one people don't often think of, 
but it's beneath what is preventing us from truly showing up. So in this case, if you're someone who has this fear, you might speak up, but it's inconsistent and it's very controlled. It's like you're speaking up up to a certain point and then you won't push beyond that. And what this fear is, is it's a fear of expectation. We become afraid that our idea could work. And if it does, that we'll be expected to continually come up with amazing solutions. That now we've made a reputation for ourselves, a reputation we have to uphold. Seems a lot easier to not have a reputation and then maybe surprise people every once in a while than to actually show up fully as ourselves give great ideas, then potentially be promoted or lead projects and then fall from their graces. So this happens when we are concerned about what future successes could mean for us. If you've ever felt like an imposter, this often is what's coming up as well. We feel like at some point people are going to find us out. They're going to expect more of us than what we can deliver on. It's like a fear of failure, but It's based on the fact of actually knowing that maybe you could succeed and that could lead to a failure later on, that your success now will lead to a future fail. And so what you end up doing, well, your result is you hold yourself back. When we fear the expectations of others, we hold back. Potentially, though, that keeps our career at a standstill because we're not letting ourselves expect anything of us. We're not letting others expect anything of us. People aren't going to think of our names when it comes to incredible opportunities if we're not showing up. And that keeps us comfortable and safe where we're at, but it does not give us the opportunity to grow. And we are here to grow. Humans are meant to evolve, to change, to be learning, to be taking in new information. So if you're not growing, you're dying. So Even though it might seem comfortable to play it safe and not share or not make an impact or not create opinions that you then present to your boss or ideas or new project uh, um, conversations that you're wanting to have, even if that seems like staying where you're at now is fine because you're relatively happy in your current career and things are going well, what you're doing is you're creating a state of stagnation. And the hardest thing to do is to go from zero to one. Because that's going from no momentum to momentum. That's going from nothing to something. Once you get something, you've got the wheels turning. So things can keep happening. But when we fear the expectation of others, so we stop ourselves, we create standstill in our career. We go from growing to nothing, which takes us then to a slow, silent death inside our soul begins to die because we're not letting ourselves show up fully. We lose energy because we're not letting ourselves be heard. We're not letting ourselves to be ourselves. And the irony of this is when a fear of expectation stops us from showing up is we actually can fail to meet others' expectations because we're not contributing. Kind of funny because we're afraid that by speaking up and contributing, an idea might work and then people will expect things from us and then we could let them down. By fearing that, so not doing anything, we actually end up letting them down because they might be expecting us to contribute and we're not. 
So those are the five fears. There's the fear of scrutiny. There's the fear of embarrassment. There's the, re- the fear of rejection. There's the fear of failure. And there's the fear of expectation. And we've talked about the results that you get when you let these fears rule your life. So what do we do then to help ourselves stop feeling like fear is calling the shots? Well, first off, Listen to this episode again. Let the lessons sink in. Help yourself to see how you're not avoiding the thing you think you're avoiding by not speaking up. When you let that fear be what you respond from so you don't share, you react reactively stay quiet, you often end up creating the very thing you're afraid of. What this means is our fears are not our sign to hold back. They're our sign to, one, show up with compassion for ourselves to realize we are pushing ourselves here. We are growing. We are evolving beyond our comfort zone. We are truly embodying ourselves and we are being courageous. And two, that means fear means go forward. If you ask yourself, am I in physical danger? Is there a real threat to my life right now? And the answer is no, then let fear mean go forth. Let fear mean move forward. This doesn't mean grit your teeth and bear it, hold your breath through the fear. No, we want to release the tension of the fear. This is why coaching is so impactful because what I do with my clients is I teach them to release those emotions that get within them. You don't need to know the the why behind every single emotion, but when you know how to release it when you are working with a coach who's allowing you to help yourself move through those emotions. Then you can move forward without holding your breath, but from a place of courageous self-confidence, having your own back. Fear doesn't have to be what stops us from speaking up anymore. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And also don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much. Have a great one.